is Midnight Alchemy with your alchemists, Jason Allen and Holly Jordan. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever and whenever you are. This is Midnight Alchemy, and I am only 0.50 of the gang, the Enforcer. It's Holly Jordan. Hello, Holly. How are you doing? Hey, Jason. How are you? Oh, I am uh, peachy keen. Everything is going good. And, you know, I'm excited because we have uh, got many tales to tell, stories to share, and experiences to delve in. And today we've got a really cool one. We have Mary here, and she is going to tell us all about her experiences, and I am excited. So without further ado, here comes Mary. Hello, Mary. Hi. 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 All right. So um, I guess first question right out of the gate is uh, tell us just a, a little bit about yourself. Um. I was, I grew up on military bases. I was born on a military base. I lived the first 12 years of my life on a military base. My father was uh, an American Red Cross field director. Oh. So we didn't live in houses. We lived in Red Cross buildings, business buildings. And they had set up one part of the building into a resident residential area for us. The center of the building was a large recreation hall where soldiers could come and play cards, play the jukebox, okay. uh, talk, socialize. And the other end of the building were, was the offices. So I didn't live, I didn't grow up in a, like a residential neighborhood where there were kids to play with. Yeah. And I think that had an impact also on my experience. The fact that I was not around many children. I did not have playmates. Gotcha until I was probably 10 and we moved to Alaska where we lived actually separately in a, in a quasit hut. Oh. <laughs> yeah. okay. But it was more of a normal neighborhood with kids in the neighborhood and everything. It wasn't a business building. So, so yeah. that's that my, my experience started when we were stationed in Cheyenne, Wyoming. I was born in Casper, Wyoming, but then my dad was transferred to Cheyenne to Fort Warren Air Force Base. And I was about three, two or three. And I don't know what you want me to tell you yes. my first experience. Yep. Yeah, how, uh, however much you're uh, comfortable sharing. Okay, I was, I, was I was a little girl. I was in a crib. And in those days, they kept, I think, children in cribs longer than they maybe they do now. Yeah. I was probably three years old, and I was still in the crib. And one night, I was wandering around my crib, bouncing around, and I looked over, and here's a little girl in my room. And I didn't question who she was or anything. She just started talking to me. She was older than me, a little bit older a little larger, a little bit different colored hair. And she just, she picked up my toys and started talking to me and said her name was Jane. Oh. And I called her Jane. And I played with her and talked to her every night. My mother would come in because she'd hear me talking and jabbering and tell me not to go to sleep. And I'd say, well, I'm, I'm talking to my, my friend Jane which right away my mother says, oh, an imaginary friend. 
And I, okay, whatever. I'm only like three years old. But she, Jane came every night and we talked and we played every night. I didn't get out of the crib at that point. She was just on the floor. Eventually I was moved into a real bed and then we could play. I could get out of the bed and I could play and we played all these games. And I, I can tell you what she looks like. I can tell you what her voice sounded like. And she was my constant companion. Now she, occasionally there would be a dance, I say in the center of this building. And this one night, she and I were talking about the dance, wondering if we would ever get to go out there and see it. And I'd never been allowed to do anything but sit in a, a doorway and kind of watch the dancers, watch the soldiers and the, and the girls that came dance. And this one night, my mom said I could go out for about 20 minutes. It, it was a Valentine's Day dance. So they've been decorating all day. And I, I told Jane, I get to go out to the dance. And she said, well, I'm going too. And I've invited two of my friends. And I thought, okay. And I said, who are your friends? And she said, Margaret and John. And she said, we'll go, I'll introduce you. And I'll go, you could meet them. So we went out a little early before anybody really was there. And the door opens, outside door opens. And there is Margaret and John. They are adults. Margaret has a long fur coat on. Uh, she's got black hair fixed in the style of the 1940s. Uh, and John is a very handsome looking youngish man. And Jane brings them in and they danced and they wandered around and they looked at everything. And then I got hustled off to bed. I got, but Jane got to stay. She got to stay at the dance, so did her friends. I saw John and Margaret a few more other times, but not often, not very often. Okay, I, I kept talking to, to Jane till I was probably 12 years old. Um, and then I decided because we moved off the military base and suddenly I had friends and I had a life and I was boarding on being a teenager that I didn't need her anymore. And one of the main rooms we used to talk in was the bathroom. I think because it was sounder proof than my bedroom, I think my mother would could hear, hear me talking to someone in my bedroom. It upset my mother, by the way, that I had this imaginary friend. Oh. And uh, I finally told Jane, I said, you know, I'm too old. I can't talk to you anymore. I just can't talk to you anymore. And I didn't for a number of years. But when I was 14, I was at my grandparents and my mother and my grandmother were in the kitchen talking loudly, sort of raised voices, kind of emotional. And they were talking about a dead baby. And I came in the room because I, I thought, what are they talking about? So I came around into the kitchen and I said, what baby? And my mother just, her face dropped and she just flew out of the kitchen leaving me with my grandmother and my grandmother took my hand and she says it's time you knew and I said knew what she said your mom had a little girl between you and your brother that lived for three days and she's never gotten over it she's never gotten over the loss of this little girl don't ever mention it to her don't ever bring it up don't talk about it and I thought fine I didn't really care I was 14 who cares <laughs> Uh, 
and put it out of my head. But it was always in the back of my mind. Fast forward, my mother dies, my father dies. And I'm curious now, I've gotten into genealogy and I'm curious about this baby. Is there a death certificate? So my older son and I are going through newspapers, family papers, looking for a death certificate, a birth certificate, something, nothing. We find absolutely nothing. By this time I'm do, they were all from South Dakota. By this time I'm doing genealogy in South Dakota. And I just happened to tell this lady genealogist that I had gotten to know online about this little girl. And I, I said, I, I really want to find out what happened and where she is. Is she buried in South Dakota? What happened? And she said, I'll give you the name of someone who will help you. The woman I called, I talked to the woman online and she says, you write to the, the state of South Dakota's record department, give them whatever information you have, which I wasn't much, wasn't much. And I just ballpark dates, locations. I didn't put a name in. Uh, now I'm about 50 now. I'm about 55 years old now. Um, back comes big envelope from South Dakota. And it's a birth slash death certificate for a baby born June 9th, 1941 to my parents. And, and it, it, it's kind of vague about where she was born. Um, wasn't a real place, but they put down Rapid City, South Dakota. Um, and her name was listed. And it was Mary Jane Bruce. Oh. No wonder it freaked my mother out. Right? Yeah. Her name, my name was Mary Kay. Her name was Mary Jane. Wow. Goosebumps when she does. Wow. Like, yeah. I just collapsed. I'm looking at this in my, my kitchen. Yeah. And I just went to pieces. Mm. And I had told other people about looking for this little girl. And she they just poo-pooed me. Yeah. And when I went to school the next day to work, I was so excited and I told a couple of people about it. And I told them the story of the Jane, my, my friend, and they just laughed. Oh, oh yeah, right, sure, ghost, ha ha ha. Couple of weeks later, we had, I, we had a substitute teacher I was working with and I told her, she was a retired nun. She totally got it. She totally valued, validated me and bought me a book about that's a popular book it's made into a movie called These Lovely Bones. She she's probably the only person that's validated it for me. Nice. Except for my husband. My husband was very supportive. So flash forward. Okay, now I've got Jane in my head and I'm kind of talking to her again. And she's telling me, you know, yeah, I'm buried in Rapid City. She says, I'm, I'm in Rapid City. I'm in Rapid City. So I call, I, I emailed this woman that had found, her, told me about finding her birth certificate. And she says, I'll, I'll, she says, I can find where she's buried in, in Rapid City. 
which she did. She found there's only one cemetery in Rapid City, so it's pretty easy. And she says, I've also gone to the newspaper office because she says, in those days, anything like a birth or a marriage or anything was in the newspapers. Right. Right. And I said, well, my folks were living at a, at a CCC camp. My dad was a teacher at a CCC camp. And they were living a little tiny house out there. And I said that, I, so I don't, I don't know exactly. There was a little town near it, but I, she said, well, they didn't have a hospital then. She would have been born in Rapid City. So she goes to the newspaper. She finds a clipping, a big, long clipping. My mother had gone into labor at the CCC camp. She'd gone to visit my dad and have lunch with him with my brother. There was only a nurse there. The baby was born at the CCC camp. Mm -hmm. By the time an ambulance got there, baby was born, not doing well. They got her to Rapid City and she died three days later, probably from birth injuries. Mm. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So my husband says, we've got to plan a trip. As soon as we retire, let's plan a trip out to Rapid City. Because I said, I really like to see where she's buried. Sure. And uh, we drove out there and we had the the plot number and everything and we could not find her we were crawling around on our hands and knees 109 degree temperature <sighs> trying to scrape away grass because we being at that old uh, a grave sure it's grown it's we knew it had grown old of course and we kept digging it we couldn't find her couldn't find her so i'm i'm so frustrated and i go back to our car to get a drink of water and i start talking to her She's in my head now. I said, damn it, Jane. Can I swear? Yeah. Damn it, Jane. We drove all the way out here from Washington State, and you just damn well better help us find where you are at. <laughs> There's a knock at my the, the window of the car. It's my husband. I found her. Oh. <laughs> I said, how did you find her? I rolled on the window. And she's sitting over at the side, smugly. <laughs> and he says, there was a book over there on that building. You see that building way over there? There's a book hanging over there. And it tells where everybody's buried. <laughs> I said, but we had the, the thing. But it said, there are two babies buried in every adult size. Oh. We had found a little boy. Oh, wow. But we could not find her. Well, okay. she was at the other end I'll be darned. of the plot. So we went back over. Gosh. And there she was. Wow. Done it all up. There she is. And, it, and the stone was stone. It would look like a slab of cement somebody had poured from oh. a and written baby girl Bruce on oh, it. Oh, wow. In 1941. Not Ooh. much else. Not much detail. Wow. So we, we immediately went to a, a monument place and, and I ordered a new nice stone for her with all the dates and full name and everything on good it. and i talked to her probably for the next month on and off a lot of times in dreams a lot of times just talking to her like i, I had always done in the bathroom <laughs> in the bath and i still talk to her like that periodically good. i've made a memorial online for her at find a grave i don't know if you know the website yeah. find a grave yeah yeah mm -hmm. and 
I go and I put pictures of she and I on there all the time. Nice. And I visit her and talk to her and tell her about my life. And and she doesn't say much about her life, of course. <laughs> but but except that we're getting old. Yeah. And I I can't picture her old. Right. I, I no. do not picture her old. I still picture her as young. Sure. And I don't know, maybe she sees me that way. I don't know. But but um so I have a question. So you you worked with special needs kids uh-huh. as a profession. Yeah. So you have, I know Mary personally, and I know that Mary has an enormous gift for talking with children and listening to children and so on. So speaking as a parent, as a grandma, and a person who's had a friend all this time, if for our listeners, for someone who has a child that may have an imaginary friend, quote unquote, um, what would you like to say to those people about the kids having an imaginary friend? How would you encourage them? Don't discount it. That there's a there's a there's a need there. Whatever that need is, don't don't uh, discourage it. Uh, I don't know if my mother ever really discouraged it, but she wasn't happy that I had one, but she never stopped it. Okay. Uh, I wouldn't probably tell these parents that it's probably somebody dead that they're talking (laughs) to. Right. Uh, that, That turns off some parents to talk like that. But I would say it's, it, it's a comfort and, and that's what she was for me. Jane was a comfort for me because right. I didn't have friends around. I didn't have kids around. Right. I was lonely. I was a lonely little girl. Right. And a lot of these kids, by the nature of their disabilities, their problems, are lonely. Right. A lot of them are lonely. They're not very social. They don't have a lot of friends because they don't know how. Right. Um, some of them have been raised by little animals. Right. Um, and some of them are just troubled, just right. plain troubled. Right. Just, you know. And I, for all I know, that maybe some of them did have imaginary friends. They, right. They didn't talk about it, of course. Not right. school. Oh, my gosh. Right. No. But, um, yeah, I would never put anyone down that said they had an imaginary friend. In fact, I wish one of them had. Nobody ever did. Yeah. But, um they did some of them did talk to things but i don't know who they were talking to right usually they were on something um no it can be confusing for a parent i'm sure i don't think my mother though associated it so much maybe she did because i called her jane i openly called her jane yeah that could have just been hard for her to hear it may have been hard for her to hear right Right. It it may have. Where did I get the name Jane? Where that? In fact, from? at one point when I when I was about eight, she made me a a doll that looked like Raggedy Ann and mm-hmm. said, "Here's Jane." Oh. And I thought that's not what Jane looks like. Oh wow. Jane looks kind of like me. Yeah. You know, she had a little different color hair, mm-hmm. and and she always was a little taller. Uh, she still is taller. She yeah. still is taller than me. Nice. Uh, but everybody is. <laughs> Um, no, uh, now just a quick note. Um, 
I was left in my crib too, except my parents left me in my crib till I was 15. <laughs> and no, uh, as you got older, um, did you ever talk to your mom again about it, like more like in the teenage years? Or no, no, no. Uh, I know. Uh, I asked her one time when I was having a family. And I was pregnant one time and I'd had, I had difficult times having, having pregnancies. And I asked her one time if there was anything I need to know. And she goes, no, no, there's nothing. You're no, you're fine. You're healthy. Cause I, I knew at that point that there had been this baby. And this is, this is before I really started searching this I, I this is after my grandmother had told me I, I'm an adult now I knew there had been a lost baby and so I asked my mother was there anything I needed to know and she shut me down no absolutely not nope nope yeah I, I can understand how uh that care you know you carry it with you all your life how you know how stressful and traumatic that can be I went through a similar situation uh, so I can understand the pain and just not wanting to, you know, that was a part of my life, you know, back mm -hmm. and I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna go into it, but, um, I find so intriguing at two or three years old. I mean, before you've ever conceptualized anything about any, you know, a, what a imaginary friend is or, you know, so it's really, uh, I guess for lack of a better term, organic, right? Because yes. uh, such an early age and that just, when you were talking about that and you were that young, you know, the, the proverbial chills going up and down the spine, right? Oh boy, you know. I was, I was never afraid. It, I took a totally, that, okay, yeah, I've got a little girl in my room. I, I used to have, uh, there used to be a lady, a, that came and cleaned the office at night. Mm -hmm. Sometimes when my parents would take my brother to Boy Scouts or something, she would babysit me while she was working and she'd come in and she would come in and she'd hear me jabbering and talking and come in and tell me to lay down and go to sleep. <laughs> this was in my crib. And I'd say, well, I'm, I'm talking, I'm talking to Jane. Cause she'd say, you know, why, what are you doing? <laughs> and now she never, poo-pooed it either i mean she didn't say oh yeah jane the over there i see her too no but uh she wasn't the only one that you know was aware that i was talking to somebody you know jabbering at three years old i i would say i was about three i said i was in a in a crib um amazing um did Jane ever identify herself as, as your sister or was it always just, you know, the playmate, the friend? Just a playmate. Now, now she, now she knows she has acknowledged that she is my sister. The last probably 25, 30 years. Yeah. Sisters. Um, did you have like uh, any uh, other siblings? I have an older brother. And yeah. I've asked him if yeah. he remembers when this baby was born. He doesn't remember. Really? He, says he does remember my grandmother suddenly showing up. And he thought my parents had gone off on some sort of a trip. 
and she stayed with him for a few days. And my mother was, was gone, he said, for a long time. And my dad just said, oh, she's sick. He said, he said, he's not sure he knew she was having a baby. Oh, he was about five. Yeah. So he oh. might not have connected the dots. Yeah. By then. Who knows? So I, I don't, that's what he said. He doesn't think he was old enough to be really aware of what was going on. Okay. Yeah. The reason why I ask is I was wondering if he ever had been visited or talked to Jane too, you know, being a sibling. No, he thinks I'm nuts. No. <laughs> oh, wow. I, pointed out the fact that do you remember my imaginary friend he says oh yeah jane and i said do you realize our sister's name was jane <laughs> he goes no yeah whatever no he, he's not comfortable with that going there yeah. Yeah. well I, I have to say being a parent and a grandparent i remember growing up and having several friends and even myself at one point talking about kids having imaginary friends and never thinking much of it, never putting much validity in it or never questioning most of it, just assuming that it was out of imagination. You know, Ooh, someone's daydreaming, yeah. Yeah. someone's pretending. It's a dream. You pretend yeah. you're a princess, you pretend you're this, you pretend you're that, you pretend you have an imaginary friend, and that it was all in good fun and, you know, not, not to anything to be distressed by or you know, certainly no connection to the afterlife by any means. Yeah, I never had any feelings of right that she was dead. Right. You know, when I was playing with her or there was an afterlife. Now she used to go to the movies with me mm -hmm. and we would come home and we would play act the movies. Oh fun. And I always wanted to be the Indian if we went to see a movie. Right. And she thought that was stupid. <laughs> Why do you want to be an Indian? I, I'm going to be the the bar hostess in, in you know in the Western town. So I really like to go to Western movies when I was little. Sure. So I can you know, be Indian. Uh, you're not alone. When I was growing up, I always wanted to be the Indian too. All my brothers, oh, I'm the <laughs> cowboy. You know, I'm the sheriff. You know, I want to be the you know. And so they sure you can be the Indian all you want. I love you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, my mother grew, yeah my mother grew up on an indian reservation until she was 12. Oh, okay. our our home is very indianish yeah. uh she it really imprinted her life she was very defensive about the, the treatment of indians from until she died she was very very edgy about that you, you didn't say anything about dirty indians or anything um and she said, she, uh, actually, she thought she was an Indian for a long time. She, she had black hair. I don't look anything like her. She had black hair. Um, and she, she, that was her, her first 12 formative years. And, and, and I realized now, looking back, as I've gotten to know, have Native friends, that she had a lot of the characteristics, just the personality characteristics of not talking about spirits and they will talk to me about those kind of things the friends i've got now that i'm close to but they don't like talking about their spirituality to outsiders and that's the way she was yeah. she, she didn't like that you know she didn't like talking about dead people and she didn't like no so, yeah you know the native americans uh as far as uh you know so it, i don't claim to be an expert nor do I play one on TV, but um, 
very different take on spirituality than us white bread people from you know mm -hmm. uh so i can I, you know that's i yeah. completely drive with you know everything that i've uh, ever learned about that holly i gotta tell you man this, <laughs> this story was it, it is riveting yes well it but, might be more common with people than we think it is i think oh, it is i sure. really and people are just afraid to share because i i i have been i say i've told you're like six and the sixth and seventh person i've ever told yeah. because i got laughed at right i have people go oh yeah right you're crazy you know so i just haven't shared it right and then there's part of me that just wanted to kind of keep her keep yeah. herself a little bit. Yeah. she's your treasure she's my treasure that's exactly yeah, that's a good way to put it she's yeah. my treasure she always will be yeah, and, I, and I'm looking forward to the day I will see her. Right. You know. Yeah. And we've yeah. talked about that. She and I've talked about. It. So I I want to ask you. You brought something over to the house today, to show oh. Doug and I, and I would love it if you would share it with our our listeners, viewers, and with Jason because I think he will get a charge out of it. My best friend was Doug's mother. Oh. For many, 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 many years. Yeah. my closest closest friend and she lived with me for several years and just within this year well within a few months actually um i'm finding stuff in the closet that she used mm -hmm. and the first thing i noticed and there's not much in this closet there's practically nothing in this closet it's pretty empty there's some wrapping paper and miscellaneous stuff yeah. and i thought she took all of her stuff but on a shelf sitting all by its shelf self were these candle holders they're hers i don't know how they got there well i do know how they got there but they weren't there before and this is no this is a closet with a light in it yes yes okay mm -hmm. so it's not like you could miss seeing something no shiny and silver no there's practically nothing uh -huh. in Wow. And, and, and they're big and yeah. they're, they were sitting by themselves there's nothing near them but uh wow i knew they were hers because we i think we used them at christmas time one right here and i thought where wow. they come from that so is they, incredible i there's, went in to get more i went to so I've gone to look at them. I've been going to give them to to um, Doug and Holly, and I went in. What did I say? A week ago, two yeah. weeks ago. Yeah. And I found these sitting next to them. These were not there. They're little, like miniature hurricane hurricane lamps, and they oh. were sitting like this, right next to them. And I thought, where did those come from? And I thought. Those are Sue's too. Yeah. Oh she's, she's visiting me. Right. Yeah. That is wow. Okay. And <laughs> what I'm wearing, what I'm wearing. I was looking for something to wear today. Today. Yeah. And I pulled this out and I thought, this is Sue's. It's not something she gave me. She gave me a lot of her clothes and stuff when she was dying. And every time I go in her rooms, she go, oh, go take some things. Go, you know, go take some things. 
because I haven't even worn those. Okay. So, and I did, but I, this was not one I took. In fact, I can remember her wearing this to the beach. Yeah. This one, we went to the beach last spring before she died and she wore this at the beach. That's what I said for it today was yeah. because I knew it was hers and I found it this morning. Oh, so she's, she's coming to see me. <laughs> And probably if I really looked around, I'd find more things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but these are the most obvious. What do you think the significance of that is, uh, of her uh, uh, showing you uh, these things? Is she trying to tell something, or is it just, hey, I'm here, you know? Comforting me. Yeah. I took I took her death pretty hard. Yeah. Um, um, we took care of her, Holly and I, you know, while she was dying, which was a pretty rough death. Pretty rough. Yeah. And, uh, and when I talked to her earlier that week, you know, she wasn't really afraid of dying. No, she was. She was not afraid of it. And we, we, I say we talked and, and I say she'd get funny about saying, just go take some of my clothes. You know, go, you know, I haven't even worn those. You know, these, this kind of thing. Um, mm. But I think in some ways, these are kind of like, I'm still here, but but I know she'd want Doug and Holly to have these. I don't think she wanted me to have them. I didn't get that impression. This, yes. <laughs> yeah, this, the shirt, yes. These earrings she gave me two oh, years ago. Mm. Long ago. But the anniversary of her passing is drawing nearer. It's, it's, it's not very far away. And... I feel like, mm -hmm. I mean, she actually, I can't share the details, but Doug's brother is very positive that she showed up at his house about a week ago in the middle of the night and turned lights on for him. Oh, man. And this is the home that he and his wife have lived in for 12 years and lights have never randomly come on ever. Mm. And so he, of course, did the logical thing that you do. He checked because it had, it's a switch that has a dimmer setting in thinking maybe it's not all the way off. And it was all the way off when he checked it, but the light was on. Mm. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. I mean, I think she's definitely making herself known and definitely sharing mm -hmm. um, herself a little bit and just kind of brightening mm -hmm. people up a little. Mm -hmm. And so to me, the candles are very poignant because she knows I love candles. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm, I'm a candle nut. And, and these are... I think I don't know the history behind them, but I don't either. But there's they're beautiful. I can't remember when she didn't have them. Yeah, she, she loved to decorate. This is a person, Jason, that at Christmas had thirteen Christmas trees. Wow. Okay. And mm. loved having people over to entertain, and I mean everything was to the nines. She mm -hmm. actually had a Native American gallery for over twenty years. She had two of them. Mm -hmm. in Vancouver um, that Doug worked with her at. And I mean, so this was a big part of her life mm -hmm. is just the whole Indian culture. And that's something her and Mary shared very deeply mm -hmm. together, um, mm -hmm. going to powwows and just being very mm -hmm. uh, Indian aware, being, being very aware to the plight of Indian history and being very supportive of Indian culture. And so, um, that's why this shirt is so incredible because yeah. Yeah. And I couldn't believe it was in my yeah. And it's like I'm when she said this showed up today, I went, 
oh my god because i would have worn it a long time ago if i'd known she was gonna get i was mary and i were the only two people that were capable at the time of taking care of the last couple of weeks of her life because it was complicated it was very complicated and i have a medical background that i haven't really shared on our program but i do have a medical background for this and and so does mary and it just kind of worked out we Mary had a little bed set up in the house and I slept on the couch and everybody would visit during in. the day. Yeah, we just kind of moved in and uh, and just took turns making sure she had everything she needed so she was comfortable and could and could pass in her home because that's what she wanted. She wanted, yeah. Yeah, sure. and I, that was she a gift. She wasn't afraid, really. No, she was actually in incredibly good spirits. She was a super trooper during the day and visited people. When she, um, when she fell like it, when she got yeah. Out, yeah. And uh, that last morning, I th- I think I showed you, I had sat down and she just grabbed my hand and yeah. just like in this death grip, death grip, <laughs> literally a death grip. And it was just later that she died. Yeah. Uh, yeah you know, all, all these things that come together, uh, I don't believe in coincidences, right? I, I believe that uh, things happen for a reason. There's always whether you want to look for it or not, that there are always things behind that sometimes later in life, you look at it and go, ah, okay, now now I realize. So when, when you tell me these stories, you know, and then the background of them, well, we like this or this was for that, it's like, it, 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 it's beyond synchronicity, right? I mean, it's just, uh, help me out, Holly. <laughs> it's not, uh, it's kismet if things kind of come together the way they should and i i do believe that um anyone can have these experiences i believe that we all are connected yeah i think Um, of myself as just an average person yeah who wasn't really into all this i had an experience with a ouija board when i was in high when i was in college that was i wasn't even on the ouija board Mm -hmm. i was sitting on a bunk watching people use the Ouija board what a message came through for me yeah. and that so I, that was kind of my start of being aware of this other uh, world sure. oh my yeah. gosh it's, it's true my experiences are what the average person I'm not I'm not a psychic I'm not a a, a seance giver i'm right. not a professional in mm. any of this right i'm just a normal person and i think everybody has experiences like this and they don't realize it oh, maybe oh, if somebody watches this yeah. they'll realize oh my gosh yeah that's me you know yeah i've had that most definitely you know most of us as adults we walk around with blinders on because mm-hmm. we're too busy looking down we never look up or put two and two together, and, but everybody, and see, that's what's so cool about you coming on today is everybody has a story, okay? Yes. Everyone's had an experience, whether they recognized it as such or not. And that's what I think is so important about you coming on today is that hopefully, as Holly said, just we've talked about it many, many a time on the shows, is that uh, it's okay. 
everyone has these experiences. I mean, a lot of them, especially in the past, were stigmatized. You know, you don't talk about it. Right. And I think it's so important that people come on and they share these stories to let everyone else know, hey, you know, you got a safe space. You can come on anytime you want and talk about it. We're not going to mock. We're not going to judge. We're not going to do anything. Because it's all mainly because we're believers, too. You don't have to be a professional. You don't have to be a, you know. Yeah. You know. Everyone's got the experiences, and I, I think that's so important. Uh, and personally, thank you for coming on. I, I, it was just a, like I said, it was a riveting story. And, and uh, there was, a, you know, it, yeah, Holly had kind of warned me before that this is, you know, this is going to be an intense story, you know, the little spine tingly, and she was not wrong. <laughs> it was fantastic. Well, thank you so much for coming. You're very welcome. You're very welcome. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean, because, you know, we've heard uh, somewhat already about, you know, people who have, uh, you know, quote, unquote, imaginary friends, and they don't realize it for what it is. You know, you just grow up, you know, an imaginary friend, and that's that, you know, and and you maybe it's not an imaginary friend. Well, it isn't. I've learned it is not an imaginary child that was the child's right yeah and child's again, and i don't even know where i got that word as a child right, yeah. right. and again what really gets me is is at such a young age i mean before you've had time to process or you know come up with uh life experience to tell you oh okay that's you know what it is it, that blows me away that is wow again holly Wow. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, Holly, you have anything else to talk about while we're here? Because, well, actually, I have a couple things I need to share with you, but I, I don't want to go into too much detail. But um, I've got to do some more research. But um, I think I met my first Shanghai ghost twins, brothers, last night. And so I'm going to do some more background because. Some of the information I got doesn't make any sense to me at all. So hang on to your butts, people. We got lots more stuff coming. Yeah. Um, I want to hear about this Yes, one. it's going to be incredible. I have to do some research. And yeah. we have uh, a demonologist still due to come on in a, in a little bit here. And we have some wonderful episodes that we've been hanging on to that we're going to be letting go of and let loose. And they are really incredible. So we have a lot more good stuff coming and we're excited. And just for events as of right now, I believe that the next big event is in November that we're planning on attending. Um, it's a ghost conference and I'm my brain is escaping me as to the location. I was just talking with William about this yesterday, mm-hmm. um, but it's it's been there like 14 years. And if I can talk you into going with, let me drag you with us if you want to go. It should be really fun. It's in November. It's a ghost conference. Um, But it's it's a little bit of ways. But we're still looking at vans because we're getting a bigger vehicle, Jason. Because (laughs) we have stuff to do. I'm telling you, there's cool stuff coming. Um, There's a lot. There's just so much. I, I this podcast has been a caveat for expansion with conversations with so many people. Um, from doctor's offices, grocery stores, um, 
people have stories all over the place. I mean, it's just kind of, I'm in awe. I'm completely in awe. You were talking about my students. And yeah. I, I missed the most important one. Oh, Jason. Yes. I had a student that I didn't name Jason that I didn't. I knew him really pretty well. He, he was kind of a troubled kid. And uh, I loved him. I absolutely loved him. Still do. And I'm learning now that he is very into uh, spiritual, spiritual, I don't know what spirituality is. Yeah, yeah. The whole Jason the Hassler. Whole state. Jason Hassler was. So, my hi, student. Jason. Right. Hello. Jason was my student. <laughs> oh, I loved him dearly. And I wish I had known this sensitivity about him then. I would have told him what happened to me. Right. But I didn't, you know, I didn't, I was afraid to tell anybody after my first four flops. Because, well, and right. But I don't think he would have laughed. I don't think he would have. Well, and I think that's an important point. I think we should actually travel around and say that and just bring that to a fine point. Just like anything else, when you're a kid and you're a younger person and you have this information and you want to share with somebody, don't stop trying. If somebody makes fun of you for talking about the supernatural mm-hmm. or about ghosts mm-hmm. or a, an alien you think you might have saw, don't worry about it. I never heard him talk about any of it. I yeah. didn't talk about yeah. anything like that. Right. Well, because he was, you just, don't, he was just a typical teenager trying to grow up and right. You know, deal with life. Deal with life. You know, and, and but I just had a special bond to him. Right. I just recognize he's he awesome. was what i was we like i call i used to call some kids behind the eyes kids that mm. there was more behind their eyes yeah than sure. we could even normally see and you had to you had to be willing to look around that kid and look behind their eyes yeah and that's what he was and he he's he's just grown up magnificently yeah incredible and, uh, what you talk about too is people who are younger uh, maybe shift the paradigm from, oh, I can't say nothing because, you know, mm-hmm. people make fun of me to, you know, if people, you know, mock or whatever, just simply say to themselves, they just haven't had that experience or they haven't had right. it yet. Right. Uh, because, I mean, like, like we've said, ad infinitum is that everyone has a story. Everybody. Yes. Uh, and uh, yeah. that's fantastic. Yeah. Holly, I got to tell you, uh, you mentioned it before, and so I've got to throw the public service announcement out there. Okay. If you're going to hold on to your butts, please use both cheeks. <laughs> okay. Just, just putting that out there, you know, every, okay. every episode we got we to gotta do it. Uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, this has been just fantastic, Mary. Thank you so much for coming on. It's been- You're welcome. Yeah. Thank yeah. You. All right. So let us all ride off into the sunset here. Okay. All right. Nice to meet you. Yeah, great to meet you too. Um, If you have anything else to share in the future, please do not hesitate and come on. Okay. Yeah. All right. For Holly and Mary, this is Jason, and we will see you all again very, very soon. This has been Midnight Alchemy, a Rebirth Adair Show.